But you're making it sound like all men in the world are enemies, Tammy said. Just because Kelly's dad fell in love with somebody else doesn't mean my dad is going to. There are people who stay together because they love each other and they try to make each other happy. It may not always work out perfectly, but they try. You live in a dream world, Tammy, Irene said coldly. Her voice was low and controlled. Little sisters of mine, wake up. Your eyes must be open. You are not like your mothers. You are a whole new generation. You don't have to let yourself be ground down underfoot as your mothers have been. You can rise, fight back, show the world you know your own worth. Preach. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that the next line is, the way we did by allocating the raffle money. (laughs) Oh, shut up. (laughs) Also, that was like my least favorite plot line was the... Yeah, 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 yeah. Who cares? That's pretty bad. But... We'll get into it. That creep Peter thinks I'm ever going to get from the time of day. Okay, anyway, I can just keep reading. (laughs) You just keep going, so. Yeah, I'll just read the whole thing. Just start from the beginning of the book. (laughs) Just read. That'll just be our thing. You'll just read the book. What if we read That way, we'll both remember it better. (laughs) What, Blake? I said, what if we just read a whole book on the air? But yeah, that's what you said. Yeah. Sorry. That sounded like a Braveheart speech. Like, were they about to go to war? Is that? Yes. Okay. On yeah. men, Mike. <laughs> okay. Oh, the war against men. I see. I see. Yeah. I say it's about time. Ladies, let's do this. Cue the music. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh. Guess who else is here? I don't have to say it. I'm just a producer. I'm way back here. Blake is here, too, guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's my name. Um, so here we are. We are uh, sorry for the delay. Sorry for the Skype. Sorry for... Sorry so sloppy. Don't don't tell them that. We're all in the same room holding hands together. And that, uh, that's what's been normal. We're all praying. That's why Josh sounds like that he's no coming. one has this disease and that we'll all be safe. We are. We're Because Jesus praying. will protect us. Okay. Christ. Corona healing. Wait, what was the acronym? Oh no. No. Josh. Damn it. Okay. You disappeared for a second. What happened? It had to reconnect. It froze up. Okay. Are you cool? Yeah, I can see and hear you again. Okay. Okay, podcast listeners, you're just going to have to deal with this. <laughs> Sorry. This is something out of our control. I think this goes against my thesis that everything's normal and, <laughs> and we're fine. Now, <laughs> if I could pick up where I left off. What yes, was, go. What was the acronym about Jesus Christ as it relates to Corona has resting structure sanctity titties. Wait, what? I have no idea what I just said. Oh, no, it's COVID, COVID, COVID. Oh, God. Yeah, no, no, no. Christ Christ over over viruses. Indigenous diseases. (laughs) Nailed it. Did you say, is it indigenous diseases? Infectious. There you go. Josh is frozen again. Your face just keeps... No! Okay, real talk. Is there something wrong with your internet? (laughs) Or is it our internet? Josh, you're frozen again. Josh. Josh. Well, we lost him entirely. This is going to be a nightmare. Reset your router, buddy. Woof. Uh, I'm going to throw in some technical difficulty music and be right back. Do it. 
What that what that internet do, buddy? Oof. Were you on a video call with your parents earlier and it was fine? On my phone. That was completely separate. This so, is your yeah, laptop? Yeah, 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 yeah. I have decided that Skype is god awful and I don't know why we're still using it because it sucks shit. Well what's there, I don't would there, Zoom be any better? Probably. I was on Zoom with eight ladies in a Tupperware party the other night uh, and I mean it seems like that would be a nightmare to try it on it, Skype. It worked fine. Yeah. So we're moving to Zoom after this. This is my last Skype cast. I have seen um a few some podcasts complain about Skype and say they're not using it anymore. Yeah, and I've heard people say that other things are faster, but you have to learn more things, and I don't know. I'm not smart enough. Well, next time we'll use Zoom then. Yeah. I don't know. I just like Skype's little... Ding, 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 yeah. I don't feel like I'm going to be murdered and unfriended. <laughs> <laughs> I told you about the time where I uh, FaceTimed Blake after we watched Unfriended. When uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Although, we watched Unfriended for the first time, and Blake was freaked out and went in the bedroom. And then I just called him via FaceTime from the living room. And he's not used to the FaceTime sound, and it freaked the shit not, out of him. He was not, not happy with me. Not funny. This is not funny. It's a scary movie. I rec- I like that movie a lot. Hey, where'd our image go? Did yeah, you- I can't see you. Oh, well, oh. we don't want to look at you. Is that I mean- Nathan Fielder? <laughs> yes. Wait, you can see my background? Yeah, well, when, you, when you're not on, yeah. Yeah, it was the name. Nathan- like a giant pencil. <laughs> yeah, we either. Is he in, like college in that? <laughs> I don't know. I, I just think love he's it. probably a senior, and that was probably a senior photo. I hope it was a senior photo, but he honestly <laughs> does wish, not look that much different now. I wish I had fun props in my senior photos. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so uh, Josh, what do we do on this podcast? No! Oh my god! Damn it! Is it our Hello? video? Is it we our video? To, everyone turn off video entirely. I'm turning it off. Yeah, I think it's video that's doing us in. Okay. All right. So you, video's off on our end. You've got it off on your end. I'm just looking at Nathan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need to. We're, we're looking at a circle that says J-A. So how about you get an avatar? Yeah, get a fucking avatar. I'll say, when I was on Zoom the other night with the with the 60 and 70-year-old women in the Tupperware party, mm-hmm. uh, I spent the entire... Thing, trying to find out how to set a background and I couldn't do it. <laughs> wow. I just want to put myself in hell. <laughs> oh, like the actual background background? Yeah. Okay. That yeah. would be great. Is Zoom the one that lets you do that? Um, yeah, yeah, a yeah, lot yeah. of them do now because a lot of them want to compete with Zoom. So Microsoft Teams lets you do it too. So everyone that I work with, we use Teams for our meetings and um, we figured out that we can create, like, customize our own backgrounds by moving over, like, you know, pings or JPEGs or whatever to a folder and calling that up. And so I'm in um, Wayne's basement with Wayne and Garth. I was, going to ask, I was going to ask you, how many of your coworkers have, like, a Jimmy Buffett Margaritaville kind of background? No one. I'm just chilling here in paradise. <laughs> live. Just on the beach. Everyone has like a pop culture. I have a Thelma and Louise background I pull up. Um, it's just you going off a cliff. Exactly. That's what it is. Um, Steven uses like the Twin Peaks, like that weird room um, that's like red where the uh, yeah. little person talks backwards. I, I don't know. Oh, what, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, weird yeah. room. He uses that. Uh, There's some good ones in the mix. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We got some good ones. All um, right. Yeah. So... T- Almost 12 minutes into this, you better start, start Oh, cooking. yeah, Josh, what do we do in this podcast? 
We talk about uh, books for young adults. We and do. books about hating men. <laughs> Which is my <laughs> favorite genre. The person who has been choosing these books might have an agenda. Hmm. Look, this is the first book I've chosen that blatantly hates men. So Does that say 1979? It does. It's right. 1979, yeah. Well, that was when it was published. And what book did we do today, Josh? And... M- uh, sorry, I was going to do terrible smashing pumpkins fun. No, um, you can go ahead. Go ahead. Shake down. I I think that what uh, a young woman in this book will learn is cool kids do have the time. I don't know. Skip. Cut that. <laughs> um, it's called Daughters of Eve by Lois Duncan. Yes, the first center of the Bible. And this woman is just continuing the sins. <laughs> that or uh, these women in the book. Um, yeah. yeah. So I just want to apologize for our long delay, our COVID delay in recording. Yeah. Blame the disease, man. Look, it's caused a lot of issues. It's caused a lot of issues. I'm depressed. I might have a drinking problem now. That's true. We're drinking right now. Uh, Look, we are basically rats in a garage who are being, <laughs> who are being fed alcohol. Josh does, like, like, does not get the ref. Like, the does not get the ref. I don't get it. You'll no. get it soon. Okay. Uh, but today I want to relate a story. We went to Target to pick up some necessities. And by necessities, I mean booze. And uh, I was in the uh, alcohol section. And they were completely sold out of Tito's. Even the big bottles were gone. <laughs> like the $30 bottle. And I was Tito's. like, what do we drink? The, I was. The other vodkas were all there. All of them represented. Except there for was Tito's. There was Darby's. <laughs> so, yeah, some piece of shit was just like, oh, I guess I'm taking all. They need to put a limit on that. Forget, yeah. forget toilet One paper. One bottle of Tito's <laughs> a person. This they, is bullshit. This is how wacky this target was. They had toilet paper. They did not have Tito's vodka. It's fucking bullshit. And this like, episode is brought to you by Tito's vodka. <laughs> That's right. This episode's also brought to you by Jim Beam a whiskey cola in a can. So I didn't know what to do. And so I stood there like an idiot looking at the empty area where Tito's is. And then Blake showed up and I was like... <laughs> I guess we just get absolute because it's the same price. So I'm expecting the same quality. Not not as good. Tito's is better. I know. I know. But desperate times, man. Maybe absolute's better for martinis. We don't know yet. They should have put up one of those uh, signs like some stores did in toilet paper aisles that said, we will not be accepting refunds on toilet paper. Like for people who overbuy, but specifically for Tito's. The, are there people trying to take back toilet paper? Yeah, because they overbought and they're probably. But struggling. you can get toilet paper. Like the supply chains oh. for that is fine. It there was never any shortage. It's I, just I know greedy. Okay, right. Yeah. It's hoard. Yeah. It's just hoarding. Hoarding yes. behavior. Right. There wasn't a shortage at all. It's just people yeah. being assholes. But now there is a shortage in Tito's, and I am very yeah. concerned. <laughs> The Tito's supply chain is just break, and here's it's why. breaking down, Listen, folks. I know that they are now making hand sanitizer. So what am I going to do if I can't get Tito's? The gonna... president has ordered them to start producing sanitizer. He's used the... <laughs> he sent, he sent out people. a tweet, and he said, Op- reopen this stupidly shut down Tito's factory, the beautiful Tito's factory, 
and I order you as commander in chief to start producing toilet paper. What was the joke? Hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer <laughs> immediately. He should honestly, it would be so funny if he used it to force them to produce those MAGA uh, face masks that oh, he's God. Now selling. Like, Wait, he's selling I MAGA did... face masks? Yeah. What it's a fucking It doesn't grifter. make sense to me because if you're MAGA, you're supposed to believe that the virus yeah. is a hoax? Uh, well, I think there's a lot of cognitive dissonance between yeah. these people, these rallies that are wearing face masks, yeah, yeah, but also yeah. being like, open it up, this is fake. <laughs> Look, I need my Panera. You know, I don't want to, I don't. I don't get political usually on the podcast, but <laughs> I hate it. There, it's spe- not the place, Blake. Speaking of cognitive dissonance, it's funny that th- this crowd is like you, you can't trust you can't trust the government ever, ever, ever. And you're in charge of the government. <laughs> but but when the government, when Trump's government says it's safe to go out, these people are like, yes, sir. I don't know. But they're also wearing. Does that make masks? sense? Like they trust the government. That it's safe now? Even oh, okay. Though- I get what you're saying. No, no, but th- that's the thing. Is like, and even Trump himself is like, when he did those like liberate tweets, it's flying in the face of his own recommendations. Right, right. Yeah. Like, like, I didn't even think his recommendations, which obviously he didn't have anything to do with, no. it's the doctors, but I thought they were practical. I thought they right. made sense. They were just, then, just was, sense. look, man, I'm rooting for you. I want this to be over. I want to be able to go out again. But, like, he did this big victory lap, and the next day, he was like, liberate Michigan. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about? They're doing what you told them to do. He saw a Fox News story that kind of shifted his I don't even think he's away. watching Fox News anymore. He's gone crazier <laughs> he, I than think Fox he likes, News. I think he likes some shows. He watched his- Alex Jones talking about eating his neighbors. <laughs> At, okay, let me one, – one thing about Alex Jones. You – can have, we relate this to teen books somehow? If yes, okay. You suck at survival if you have to resort to cannibal. You suck at preparation. You know, like being a doomsday prepper. You yeah. suck shit at prepping if you have to resort to cannibalism. If your first thought is not right, I have eight years of of survival seeds back here. <laughs> why, why don't you? Why don't you have enough? Food to last you forever, and once that runs out, why aren't you producing your own food? Exactly. Like, it, he's put no thought into his uh, apocalyptic visions. He's just going to start eating people day one. <laughs> and anyway, okay. Uh, Jessica, what yes. can you tell us about Lois Duncan? Because I want to talk about her because she's fascinating. Wait, okay. I didn't do a lot of research into Lois. I thought about it, but then I watched the first episode of the new Mindy Kaling show instead. Mm. Which what was, show is that? Uh, never, never have I ever. Is that what it's yeah, called? Okay. That's what it's, it's called. on Netflix. It's Netflix. Uh, it's a teen. It's a teen show. So it's it's related. It's in our wheelhouse. It definitely is. So what I know about Lois Duncan is she is kind of the godmother of teen YA horror, specifically, uh, or thriller. Maybe is more her genre. I guess. Um, so there's Daughters of Eve. She wrote. Um, I Know What You Did Last Summer. And she also wrote Killing Mr. Griffin, which was later adapted into a major motion picture, which I think was called Killing Mrs. Griffin, maybe? (laughs) So, okay. No, no, no. I can tell you about this. Okay. So it was called Killing Mrs. Tingle. 
Oh, that's it. And then they changed it, they changed it to teaching Mrs. Tingle. The name to teaching Mrs. Tingle. That's right. That's because more. they didn't want to in, uh, emphasize murdering your teacher, even though the plot of the movie was to murder your teacher. <laughs> but that it's, it actually sounds better because the alliteration. Okay, I can, in my I, in my yeah, opinion, I got in my you. opinion. But also, Tingle's a dumb last name. I it is. I remember the terrible, scene. Terrible. I never saw yeah. it. it I, I remember. Commercials. I remember. Um, I think I was a senior in high school, and I was taking a creative writing course. And our teacher, Mrs. Rossiter, was like, "None of you should go see Teaching Mrs. Tingle." What a despicable yeah, of course. motion picture. Of course she would say that. Bias. Mm-hmm. Here's what I will say. It's not a good movie. It like, starred uh, Katie Holmes, like, right? Isn't she holding an apple that I think has a firecracker coming out of it or something like that? Maybe. Is it, is it Katie Holmes? I thought it was. Who was the male lead? I want to say it was the guy from Boy Meets World, but that's absolutely wrong. <laughs> I thought it was some hunky dude with like long hair. Like maybe the guy from Seventh Heaven? Was it Devin, oh, Devin that's Sawa? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it wasn't Devin Sawa? No, it was not Devin Sawa. Devin Sawa's career was over by 1999. When did Idle Hands come out? I don't know. That was Devin, right? Okay. Look, she's just holding up a... Uh, we can't it's just see. No firecracker coming out. Mm. I think it is the guy. Helen Mirren is Mrs. Tingle. Oh, my God. Holy shit. And the, the boy is... Uh, Da, da, da. Barry Watson from Boy Meets World. He's the older brother. Oh my god, it was him. Oh. The older brother. Okay. And this was written and directed by Kevin Williamson, who did the Scream movies. This movie should have been good. And it wasn't, you said. No. Okay. Disappointing. I mean, there's a good chance I'm gonna do a rewatch tonight after <laughs> <laughs> There's I mean, a 100% chance. There, right? <laughs> the only other things I know about Lois in her personal life was that her daughter was murdered. Dude. Yeah, I want to talk about that. And she wrote a um, a true crime book, I guess, called Who Murdered My Daughter. Who Murdered My Daughter? Which Yikes. was just kind of conjecture, really, into... Uh, just a question. Yeah. Who murdered... Just asking questions, guys. Who murdered my daughter? But I believe a lot of people... I didn't really do a lot of research into this because I have... Uh, a lot of depression issues and sadness right now. So I did not want to look into this deeply because I didn't want to be more sad. But I believe she's accused of racism in a lot of circles because she accused. A Vietnamese gang. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Of the death of her daughter in Albuquerque, New Mexico. But what if it. Okay. So here's. While police believe the shooting to be random, Duncan believes it was done by a Vietnamese gang running an insurance fraud and drug operation, and, and her boy, her her daughter's boyfriend was involved in. So her daughter, I guess, was dating a young Vietnamese man. Mm, oh, maybe. I mean, or at least at least he was doing insurance fraud with them, or was linked to them in some manner. Okay, I'm not certain on this because I didn't really get into it. I know there's a lot of issues with it, and a lot of fans of Lois's get upset if you bring it up. But listen, Karens, maybe you need to deal with some. You things. can't say that. Whatever. Um, We're gonna bleep out. That is- Here's what I'm picturing, though, okay. and it's really funny. It's actually just like a really young gang of Vietnamese guys doing insurance fraud. <laughs> But they still have like tough guy jackets on with like, yeah, like, like sixteen to eighteen year olds who were just like I'm guys. You like, know what? Insurance fraud is where it's at. An eighties gang who does no crime other than insurance. 
Which is like the most white collar of all crimes, yes. right? <laughs> Everyone who does insurance fraud is named uh, uh, Brett and is a 45-year-old white guy. And they literally get the slaps on the wrist. Like, there's nothing. Um, so, so one of her other novels was adapted into a movie. Do you guys know what it is? Oh, shit. I looked it up whenever I Idle was reading hands. through it. The Faculty. <laughs> the Faculty. I could give you a thousand guesses and you would not get it. I so it was a, a weird team. it was an obscure title that I remember. Oh no no no! There's there's one called Down a Dark Hall, but that's not it. Okay. Is it a teen movie? Nope. Uh, <laughs> children's. Oh, children's. That's right. Because after the death of her daughter, she switched to children's books. Um, what decade? No, but, but Country Bears. She wrote this. She wrote this in seventy three. Oh. She she wrote. Uh, I know what you did last summer in seventy one. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. And her daughter was murdered in the 80s. Okay. Okay. Anyway, it's Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> what? Wait, what? Is that she a recent did... thing? A no, recent... you're thinking of Isle of Dogs. No, I'm not. Hotel no, for Dogs? No, it's a non-feel movie about a literal hotel for dogs. Weird. It came out in 2009. 2009, See, I, I told okay. you, it's semi-recent. It's... Yeah, it's sim. It was written know. written in this. Okay, that's crazy. When did she die? Was it like 2012, 2016? 2016, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Okay, I couldn't remember. Anyway, but she, yeah. Uh, but Hotel yes. Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> Hotel for Dogs. It made me laugh so much when I saw that. I was like, it has to be the same. I just love writing a book about a uh, hook killer murdering teens and then being like, you know, what will I do next? I'm going to write something about some kids who open up a little hotel for dogs. What if, what if dogs <laughs> had a hotel? What if they did, though? What if dogs could vote? <laughs> Legalize it, I say. I'd say probably do better than, than humans. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Suffrage. I think dogs uh, know bad people from good people. That's why they all barked at me. I mean, I will say that, that Trump, his main insult that he uses is like a dog because he hates dogs. He does. He, he's he recognizes evil in him. He's apparently never, never had a pet. Trust a person in the White House. Never trust a person in the White House. But also, especially, <laughs> don't trust the ones that don't have a White House pet. He's never had a pet. He's he, he's he unable. Said, he compared another woman today to getting fired like a dog. Who was it today? Nicole Wallace. I think he saw like a clip from The View and it's like, she got fired like a dog. <laughs> Good God. Okay. Wow. Anyway. Dogs get fired you, a lot. That's why. Do you have anything? <laughs> I fire my cats on a regular basis. So that's oh, yeah. not wrong. Is there anything else about her? Um, I think probably we covered the most interesting, like the big, the big points, you know, the high the, level. The only other thing I have is about this book okay. that it gets banned regularly. Yes. And uh, I want to read one of the reasons it was banned. Okay. <laughs> in 2000, in Virginia, it was removed uh, from the middle school libraries for violence, risky behaviors, and, quote, seeks to prejudice young, vulnerable minds on several issues. It seeks to prejudice young, vulnerable minds? Is on several think? issues. No, no specificity. Wh- women's issues, I'm imagining. Okay, and here's another one. The book covers many challenging topics such as sex, language, domestic violence, feminism, anti-feminism, <laughs> uh. rape, murder, violence, vigilante behavior, sexism, 
abortion. I mean, let's face it. There's a I lot of shit that happens in this book. I, I do like that they're like, this book is both feminist and anti-feminist. <laughs> Which, honestly, I, I feel is. the same way. I say teach the controversy. It is. I don't know what this book is trying to tell me. Like, I don't know what the message is of this book. Other I, than anger gets you nowhere sometimes. I, I really don't know what the message, what the overall message is of this book. If I can compare it to something, it would be a movie called Joker. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of this now, but I actually believe what I'm saying. Okay. And that that it's ultimately making some kind of weird case about mental health and power but also the person, the protagonist is making all the wrong choices and doing terrible things. That is also horrible. Uh, at first, I thought this book was a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of pretending or what, what's the what's the line? Uh, you wouldn't get the joke. I, I've never seen it. Oh, OK. No, when he looks over to Murray and is like. I'm tired of pretending like murdering men isn't funny because it is. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Okay. Well, let's just fucking dive into this shit. So this book I originally chose, if you want to know, um, because we were going to record it around International Women's Day. And I was trying to find an. Over- and we nailed it. We nailed it. <laughs> Got it. I was trying to find like a feminist book. And I found one that was that was categorized as feminist kind of horror. And I was like, hell yeah, I'm into it. Um, so that's why this was chosen. However, International Feminist Day was kind of, um, or International Women's Day, sorry, was kind of overlooked due to other reasons this year. So we're bringing it back late. Don't forget. We're taking it back. Unite. We're taking it back for men, me and Blake. (laughs) Jessica is pounding her papers on the desk like it's a late, an evening newscast. It doesn't really, (laughs) it doesn't work in podcasting. He's doing the Letterman like collar tug, <laughs> and she's throwing her her notes behind her. <laughs> There's a crashing sound in the window. Glass breaking. <laughs> <laughs> Later on, I'm going to throw watermelons off the top of our duplex. So that, great, great bit, great bit. <laughs> Never gets old. The, the Hello Deli. I mean, come on. <laughs> well, there is a subway down the street. Rupert we'll just G. pretend. <laughs> the subway that's literally next door is our Hello Deli. <laughs> we just go in with fake cameras and make them do oh stupid shit. Okay. Get into the book. All right, here we go. So I don't know how to approach this because this book is told, it's actually rather long. It's like what? Is it almost 300 pages, Josh? It's 252 in mine, but the print's pretty small, and it's there's a lot of characters. A lot, and it and it's, it's a book that alternates between characters, so it's going to be really hard to discuss, because... If you expect me to remember any of these women's names, <laughs> you're out of your mind. I read this three months ago, and I was reading through my notes, and I was like, okay, it's coming back, and now I'm just like, oh, wait, no, I don't remember this book very well, but... Basically, should I just drive into a basically and then we talk about the things or should we go yeah, yeah, yeah. through it? Give okay. The, broad the basic premise is there is a women's club. This is set in 1970, in the 70s at some point. Um, Shake down. Sorry. It was published in 70. Doing a bit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, like the other day, no joke, I was laying in bed in the morning and I just looked up 
Smashing Pumpkins, 1979 dubstep version. Oh my! <laughs> just that... trying to get pumped for the day. Just trying to get pumped for the day. So that's. I a mean, real we thing. do what we I... need to do. It's absolutely real. Of course, of course, it's real. Okay. <laughs> okay, so there is a group, a club, a society. I don't know what you would call it. Called Daughters of Eve. It's small. It's exclusive, and it's women supporting women. This is like bros icing bros. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's exactly like that. Um, no, here's my. But they're not a secret society. They're not a secret society. They are open. They do things like have bake sales to raise money for the sports booster club, or to, um, you know, to donate to various the raffle. <laughs> exactly, their raffle. Um, so it's not like they're. Like, no one knows that they – I mean, everyone knows they exist. They're just small and exclusive. And so – Yeah. It's It recently has a new um, sponsor. Is that what you call the teacher who – Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there's a newer – She is cool. She is cool. She's cool. She's young. Um, and she encourages inviting these – instead of, like, the most popular girls who are usually – who are included in the group – she, it would be the Sweet Valley High girls that would normally get uh, in- invited. Yeah, that would get you know the invitation. Instead, she invites these three girls who are kind of outcasts. Um, one is just, I think, terribly shy with horrible, shitty brothers. The other um, is obese, I guess, to the point that it's ghastly. Um, her weight, not that high for what she's described as, but we'll come back to that. And the other is a um, kind of an unreachable girl who you find out later has an abusive father. He's physically abusive to her mother. Um, And so she extends invitation to these girls who would not normally be invited into this group. And she kind of shakes up a little bit with her ideas on feminism and these women's roles in society and their futures in society and changes their way of thinking um, to the point that the girls start to get reactionary, I guess, is is what I'm trying to say. I mean, the thing is, if, if you put these ideas in women's heads and and, <laughs> and, and remind them that society is uh, uh, stacked against them, mm-hmm. they might get a little bit uppity. Might. <laughs> Get a little bit mad. Uh, You know that uh, everything in society uh, hates you, and uh, that all these men in your life are the absolute worst. Which, by the way, all these men in their lives are the absolute worst. I don't think I've ever read men worse. Like outside of a Brett Easton Ellis novel, (laughs) these these men have it. They are. I mean, there's abuse. There are men who tell, well, the sponsor of the club was told from a young age that it's a good thing she's smart because she's so ugly that no man would ever want her. So at least she can provide for herself on her own. Her father tells her that. Oh, God. The one young girl um, is almost raped or at least physically attacked by another girl's brother. One young girl is impregnated by a young man who wants her to give up his life to be a farm wife. <laughs> Normal stuff. No, yeah, they're they're all. I'm sure we'll talk about it, but they're, they're in the book. All of these the the girls have this heavy pressure mm-hmm. on them to 
like get married now. You know what I mean? Like get wifed up at 17 or 18 or whatever. Yeah. Rather than going to college or rather than seeking anything. Well, even the smart girls, right? Like there's one girl. I think oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's Fran. She, I wrote down that she's the STEM queen. She's the one who has the experiment on rats to determine if the rats. Basically, she's proven through her experimentation she on these rocks. rats. Also, is horrible. On these rats, that that alcoholism is genetically inherited, and she has proof of it now because she's been raising some rats who are alcoholics and some who are not, and. Um, this sounds in the cruel. garage for a science project, for a, a, science a high school science project. Oh at that, can I tell you the last science fair project I remember doing? <laughs> okay, yes, it was called Sink or Float. And I brought <laughs> different things in the bathtub and just reported they sank or floated. <laughs> Number one, rock. Number two, which you are not exaggerating on what I was doing. <laughs> Like I do not have a science mind in any capacity, no. and you're doing it right. <laughs> I think I got like a B. Like I passed. I mean, the teacher's like, technically, this was a scientific experiment. Right. It just never <laughs> needs to be done. You're floated. Uh, I think my last one was maybe fifth or sixth grade because you have to add. You always had to participate in the science fair, even if you didn't want to. And I literally yeah. just took empty like baby jars. Like the glass baby jars, baby food jars, and I put like ground beef in them, and then <laughs> filled Ew. them up with liquid. And the ground beef was supposed to represent your stomach lining, and what would happen like if you drank milk all the time, or soda all the time, or tea all the time, and what the, what would happen to the ground beef? What was the thinking behind ground beef equals stomach? I mean, it's meat, yo. <laughs> <laughs> That's all Can we I are. Say, We're just sacks of meat. What? Here's the, here's the only thing I'll say. Neither of our projects were any stupider than Morgan Spurlock's gigantic documentary, Super Size Me, where he's like, what will happen if I only eat McDonald's for 30 days? What will happen if I leave fries in a thing for 30 days? Yeah. Oh, no. That's what all the time make, hey. makes you less healthy. He made some Damn, incredible man. discoveries. Look, yeah. it was thanks to him that... Uh, we now know McDonald's is bad. We did, didn't know. We didn't know it was bad. Did they change like something? Like their sizing? They a added bit? salad. They, they got no. They, they oh, they added salad. Okay. They they got rid of super size. That's not a thing anymore. But, but the, now it's large, and that's the same thing. Well, they're the same size. It's the same size. But they got rid of the branding because <laughs> it was bad branding. Now that the the title of that movie, you know. Okay. Well, whatever. So. Italy? At least Michael Moore got uh, uh, Kmart to stop selling guns. Yeah. <laughs> Someone, Michael Moore did something. I mean, that, that's a better victory than. That is kind of a victory. Look, we're just going to uh, change the names. Look, <laughs> are all Kmarts gone now, though? Not all. They're all gone in, in Springfield. In Springfield, yeah, yeah but okay. not from the And world. only because they stopped selling guns, probably. Probably. <laughs> so, Michael Moore... What's the opposite job creator? Michael, come on. Job destroyer. Look, you made... Uh, well, well, gun factories shutting down. Shit, what was the name of his first what? movie? Roger and Me. Roger, Roger and Me. Me. You of all people should know what should happen whenever you shut down an entire economy. Now all these Kmart nah. workers in Springfield have no jobs because you took away the all fucking All the children guns. in Guntown are poor as dirt. <laughs> 
My brother worked at Kmart for years <laughs> and uh, like on Thanksgiving and Christmas, they'd be open because at the time Walmart was closed. Oh my and God. so they, they were like, this is our big time. <laughs> Let's get <laughs> this bread. <laughs> we're the only game in town. And he would always come to like Thanksgiving dinner with like the funniest stories of just people coming in to like buy toys or whatever. I was at a Toys R Us working on a Thanksgiving. Also, we were at the movie theater many uh, Christmases. That was always fun. Yeah. No. Uh, we, do you remember what we got as bonuses for working every holiday? Oh, probably like a free movie that was a month old. No, we got Weirin Box. Oh, okay. So nothing. So what, yeah. Wait, what could you do with those? Get concessions for the concession stand. Nice. So something that already cost them nothing. Yeah. I so I didn't get to see my family or my friends on Christmas, but I did get uh, a package of cookie dough bites and some nachos. <laughs> that dried my tears real quick. <laughs> well, we know you love nachos, Blake. Hey, what did we have for dinner tonight? <laughs> Not fun. We had nachos that put Werenbergs to shame. Yeah. Where from? I made them. From homemade, you, oh, you ass. Made it nice. Yeah. No, I didn't. I didn't hear. Sorry. Anyway. Um, okay. So what I. So the rats are lushes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the hell we were talking about whenever we were talking about that. She was smart or something, and. Oh, like even the ones who are smart are told. Okay, here's what I was getting with that. Even the ones who are smart and show potential. Uh, not that any of these girls don't, but the ones who are blatantly into science are their parents. For example, Fran, who is the girl who's into science, borrows the car on one of the nights that they decide to teach a certain man a lesson. And when she brings it back, there are scratches all over the car. And her mom says, honey, don't question her about it. Maybe she was out necking with a boy which is good because she's never had a boyfriend like it's still all about boyfriends which even i mean even when i was a teenager that's i i'm pretty sure my mom was concerned because i never had a boyfriend and my sister had a ton of boyfriends and she either thought that i was i mean asexual which was not a term at the time that anyone used or gay or just hideously deformed and no one would ever date me i think these were all concerns that she had so that's still something i think that people are still concerned about when it comes to their daughters and i still think it's that way now i do i will say that i kind of had the same thing because i didn't really ever date in high school and i ironically put up a britney spears poster on my wall (laughs) ironically jerked off to it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i i think though okay i remember and, camp okay go on sorry right and my mother said to my brother i think it was that she felt relief when she saw that <laughs> because because she was worried that i was gay yeah which, putting a britney spears poster on your wall <laughs> probably shouldn't be like it's it could be evidence that you are if you're just like yes you exactly know, i, I, mean, I love time because she was less of an she was more of like a, a a horny teen boy, like yeah. She was, yeah. but now she's has a more she's more of an icon. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a weird that like 
why don't parents realize that people are just awkward and they're afraid of everyone? I know. Like, if they didn't grow up like us, and by us, I mean If losers. you were not blessed to look like a Wakefield when you were a teenager, like my sister, who every guy I brought over was like, your sister's so hot. And I was just like, I want to die. Like, I literally just wanted to die. I Yeah. Totally. If you were not genetically blessed somehow or did not have a horribly awkward phase, then I mean you you, you, you we, don't understand the, yeah. the people that do, I guess. I guess. They just have no point of reference. Then for, those people obviously are gonna date and be fine, you know? Everybody in our parents' time took their best girl to the malt shop. They necked like they, hell. They necked at lovers lookout. <laughs> and they they all got married and bought houses for a hundred dollars. Right, one like straight out of high school, my dad was given a two hundred thousand dollar a year job uh, sweeping floors, <laughs> and he bought a four bedroom home, yeah. and two cars. Yep. And he he doesn't understand could, me, man. Could pay for vacations. Could pay for his wife to get her hair set every week. Whatever, they were fine. But yeah, that, that's, what, that's one reason why it's so funny for our parents, like boomers, uh, to say, this is your, like, going through yet another, like, economic downturn. Yeah. Is this is your, uh, this is your Great Depression, which, and this isn't an original point, but it's like, motherfuckers, you didn't go through the Great Depression. You weren't in World War II. Most of you didn't go to Vietnam. Shut up. They had zero adversity. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Like, they had the most, the most privileged generation, and they look down on eighteen-year-olds now who are saddled with so much, or like twenty-two, like they're saddled with all this debt from doing everything they were told by them they were supposed to do. Yeah. Oh no, totally. I I have so much student loan debt that it's insane, and yeah. uh, so does Blake. Honestly, if Blake and I combine our student loan debt, we could own a home in Southern Hills, like. We could own a nice home in a nice Local Springfield neighborhood. <laughs> like, but we didn't have parents who paid for us. I, at least I didn't. Uh, we didn't have, I don't know. I mean, this is our second huge, like, economic crisis. Um, yeah, yeah, like, I mean. And we have nothing hey, to support us. Like, we make no money. The boomers had No a week. one has savings. The hardest shit the boomers had to get through they had a week where gas was really hard to get. <laughs> In the 70s at some point. So, so they had to listen to Jimmy Carter's crisis of confidence speech and get no, mad at uh, talk, You want to talk about torture? I <laughs> guess some of them had to live through the Reagan 80s and the angstiness, the boomer angstiness of 30-something, the fucking show on ABC or whatever, <laughs> where everything was like their Vietnam. <laughs> So when, fuck when, off, boomers. When I was arguing this with my mom, she said, "Well, we had to to we lived through some assassinations." And I uh, said, oh, "Did some of your faves get killed?" I'm so sorry you were six <laughs> when JFK like was assassinated. Yeah, yeah, they didn't even like these. Like they've kind of whitewashed history. People were like celebrating, like the people. MLK was a socialist. Malcolm X was Malcolm X. Like yeah. even RFK was like uh, some kind of lefty, probably I mean, a good liberal or whatever. You know, yeah. like like. Look, Mom, I'm so sorry you were eight when JFK died and you yes, had to exactly. live with that. 
You saw the moon landing. Shut up. <laughs> and you probably still think it's fake. So go fuck yourself. <laughs> I didn't used to, but uh, I, I saw a sign that said reopen Michigan and tell the truth about the moon landing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we've gone a long way from this. I'm sorry, we are off top. I you know got, what? Got to get you on track. We all, have, we all have quarantine brain. And we're sorry. I, I don't. It, it can't be a three hour. I see a lot of notes over here. Can and I'm scared. I, yeah, I haven't even turned to the first page on my notes. Can oh, I God. say something? Like I have so few notes. Ugh, Can good. I say something? Yes. I really do feel like I've forgotten how to talk to humans because eh. I only talk to Blake. Because the cashier at Target and was Blake like. Is not a human. That's not what I meant. But like I was in a meeting with my boss and I just could not like talk. Like I was stumbling over words. It's like I'd forgotten how to communicate. You talk to me all the time. I know. You I'm... never shut up, woman. <laughs> <laughs> also, well, why aren't you wearing makeup? About you. We talk. Uh. We talk in a series of grunts. So when she had to talk to her boss, she was just like, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm worried about, have I just gone so crazy that, uh, (laughs) that I won't be able to relate to people anymore. Nah, Mm. bros, I'm fine. I was born for this. Stay at home all the time. And- <laughs> I, yeah, I was born ready. This I, is your dream. I mean, I've never needed people to uh, charge myself up, so I was born ready. I'm, let's go. Let's just say, as an ambivert, sometimes I'm fine and sometimes I want right. to die. Sometimes you so, need it. Yeah. The worst thing that's happened to me is my body is totally atrophied and I'm in horrid, horrid shape and I'm gaining weight. That's that's the worst of it. What well, is that noise? That's a weird noise. I is there a head. motorcycle outside your house? Oh, that's my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that a motorcycle on the street? Yeah. That son of a Those bitch. motherfuckers. You tell him that you're recording right now. What an asshole. Have I, have I mentioned I fucking hate motorcycles? Okay, okay. Honestly, okay, honestly, I'm going to listen, or I'm going to whisper this, but my neighbor was outside yelling at her kids for like 15 oh minutes before we started recording, and I thought what maybe child abuse was going to be caught on the podcast. You're like the third person. I, I've been hearing every, like Adam, I think, said he hears his neighbor children being abused. I've heard other people say it. This is going on behind closed doors, right? I mean, they, they weren't being physically abused. They're just being yelled at. Yeah, I know. I, uh, I did listen to a podcast that made me very sad where it was talking about like increasing domestic violence and the trauma that young children will have because yeah. these kind of things are escalating. Because everyone's trapped inside, or now, now they can't escape yeah. it. There, there's yeah. they they can't even escape to school or anywhere else while all this shit's going on. And just talking about the trauma that children are going to experience and have to live with for the rest of their lives. I've because said of this. it so many times, but it would suck shit to have kids right now. This is why I'm glad my womb is barren and my sperm are all dead. <laughs> we don't know that for sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure they Blake are. Blake likes to say that. So I'm pretty sure my sperm are not viable. Welcome back to the sperm cast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about my eggs. Uh, ladies, my boys float. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they float to the did top you, of the tank. Did you, you did, got it. I, I did an experiment. Oh, you well, did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about this book. Yeah, just kind of. Let's get back to feminism rather than me and Blake's semen. Take us through the plot here. Okay, so these three girls get invited into the group. There's a lot of questions about why they were invited. They are all very especially wary of the um, 
I want to say obese one because they refer to her like she weighs 500 pounds. She calls herself a, hold on, I'm trying to find it, a 160-pound lump. What? With a bust that looked like twin watermelons and a rear end that looked like twin something else's, which, number one. I would like to see it. What are those twin something else's? And number two, is 160 pounds to the point where you have a watermelon bust? And multiple chins, which is how they describe her throughout the book. Josh, did you hear me? I said I would like to see it, like the meme. No, uh, one, I got it. Two, I was doing, <laughs> I was doing Tex Avery eyes, like, let's <laughs> see. That doesn't come across on the podcast, but his tongue rolled out like a red carpet. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I want to meet this Laura. But then, like, all the girls are so mean to her. Like, her description is... Um, like, for the first meeting, when the girls go to meet with the the rest of the group, um, she is described as being dressed for the occasion in a blue knit suit that was pulled so tight across her chest that it looked as though it might split, and her chins rested upon it like a stack of saucers on a sky Yikes. blue cloth. I, I was mean, like, I was like, okay, is she three feet tall? Because 160 pounds at three feet. I mean, that yeah, that yeah. sounds uh, like that would. 106. Like, what does she think is a normal weight? This is. I mean, most girls probably in high school weigh what between one ten to one fifty. I don't fucking know. I don't. Yeah, know I, I don't understand weight at all. Like, I love how she's talking about big boobs. The, like guy, the guys will hate this. The guys hate that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Watermelons. Yeah, I like raisins. So during their first ceremony, one of the um, old members named Tammy gets a weird feeling and has like a vision. She's got like this intuition. And in her vision, she sees blood. So that's supposed to be a warning sign for this. Um, One of the girls named Ruthie, um, her parents, she's the one who comes home from school, Josh, and has to do all the chores and cook dinner. Yeah. And who does not? Her brothers Ooh. or her mom or her dad. Because the brothers are boys. Why would they have to do anything? Look. But I like how the parents are deadbeat. Well, the dad works. And, of course, he's not going to lift a finger when he comes home oh, from yeah, a hard sure. day of insurance selling or whatever the fuck <laughs> 70s dads did. Hard labor. And the mom is working a job. I can't remember if it's part-time or not. But she is saving money to go towards her son's college fund. Not her daughter. Her sons, they specifically state that all the money she earns at her job working as a saleswoman at some shop is going into the son's education fund. So, interesting. Anyway, Anyway, so um, there are multiple fights with her family, and she finally, she thinks she's going to withdraw from the club, and the girls convince her to stay, and she finally tells her parents to F off, and her mom kind of agrees. (laughs) Like... Yeah, she needs some time with her friends. Like, she has no life other than cleaning and cooking for the boys and her father. What is she, Cinderella? Basically. Um, no, yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the other girl is Jane. Um, sorry, yes. And her father is an abusive alcoholic. Her mom has a term for it. She calls it the um, the end of the week letdown. And that's when her dad comes home. And he's been stressed all week, and he gets wound up intense, and then at the end of the week, he beats, beats the shit out of her. So, you know, Ew. typical stuff. So 
In the meetings that they have, their sponsor relates stories to them. And one of the stories she relates, where she's trying to explain to them about how men are horrible and how unjust the world is to women, um, is of a a teacher who was a friend of hers who was fire or who was a teacher an art teacher and she wanted an administrative position at the high school she worked for because most of the administrative positions like principal vice principal etc those are specifically for usually given to men because they're higher paying positions and women are usually the teachers so she is told to get her PhD. So she goes to school, gets her PhD, applies for the position, and a man who only had his master's was hired over her, which caused a riot at the school. The teacher was forced to resign, and she took a job with a reduced salary at a new school. Josh, who was that teacher? Mr. Tangle. <laughs> That's right. It was not Mr. Tingle. It was Irene who was. It the was sponsor. Irene herself, the mm-hmm. uh, head of the club. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the most popular girl in school, her name is Bambi, and she is dating Ruthie's older brother. He's one of the shitlords who Peter. I hate him. Yeah, she. He's one of the shitlords who cannot even boil some water to make some noodles for dinner. Um, they argue in a car. Um, he is pissed because she's always going to these Daughters of Eve group meetings. And now there's a slumber party that all the girls are going to on a Saturday. And that's their date night. And she stands up for herself and says, it's my friend Holly's 17th birthday. I'm going to go. They have an argument. I guess she doesn't put out enough or at all. And they break up. So what does he do? He's driving, and he sees Laura. No. The lady who's already described, the the young girl who's described as having multiple chins and breasts like watermelon and a butt like. Dumps like a truck? Dumps like a truck, I guess. Truck? Ty's like, what? 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 Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Shake down. (laughs) This is good. This is good. That's pretty nice. Um, can I read the rant between Edna and George? This is before they, before Ruthie decides to say F you all and just starts doing what she wants. But she wants to go to the slumber party and her dad says no because there's too much cleaning and cooking to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's a rant that he goes on. I don't want to go off on And that. the mother, Edna, says, but Ruthie said was true, George. Peter and Niles don't lift a hand to help out. She was right when she said that it wasn't fair. It's not fair. And the father says, what's unfair about it? Pete and Niles are boys. You can't expect them to put on aprons and flit around (laughs) polishing the furniture. I didn't do that when I was a boy, and God help anybody who had suggested it. And then he goes on a longer rant about going to a bar in Vegas when he was in the service. He says, do you know what they had there? Guys dressed up like women. I mean... They look just like women with boobs and their hair all puffed up on top of their heads. Did I take them to bed? Yes, I did. (laughs) Things were different then. And there was one of them who sang like a woman. He sang over the rainbow. And by God, he sounded exactly like Judy Garland. I thought right then, if there's ever a time when I have sons and one of them turns out like that, I'll shoot them first and then shoot myself. 
cool, cool, normal, normal. Normal behavior. But he complimented their singing? Yeah. I mean, I mean he's like, no, they, 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 look, they looked great. Voice, uh, voice of an great. angel. But why is he also killing himself? Just because he feels like he fails the I dad? think he feels like he failed as a, as I like, a man. I like yeah. the part where he shoots himself. That's fair. That's fine with me. Shoot yourself, bro. Yeah, no, stop with that. Is this in the same rant when he talks about chefs? Yes, and he calls them the F word. Chefs? The the, the F, not the, not fuck, the other, the bad one. The bad, the bad F word. Okay, we all know the word, okay? He says they're probably that. They're probably. Chefs? Okay, dude. That's so But you know what's weird is that because male chefs dominate. Like, Like, first of all. 80% of male chefs are like. They look like motorcycle guys. They that look are, like, like heavily tattooed. Yeah. That that's a, the weirdest take. Like I've never heard that one. Like I almost brought that maybe up. Maybe in the seventies, maybe chefs were looked at as like little effeminate. Maybe I don't know, but maybe because we didn't we didn't have our we didn't have like our eighties rock and roll restaurateurs. You we know, didn't, we didn't we didn't have. Our uh, Anthony uh, Bourdain's, our bad boys of cooking. Bad boys of the kitchen. Why can't I think of the guy's name? The, Emer- the Guy Fieri. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, Guy Fieri is a man's man. Now, I want someone yeah. to name female restaurateurs right now. Name one. Marie Callender, oh, there. Marie Paula Callender. Dean. Paula Dean. There's okay. another one. Um, Betty Crocker. <laughs> Martha Stewart? Guy Fieri's wife. Wendy. Wendy from Wendy's. Wendy from Wendy's. No, I'm just saying, like, it's not... It, I I was reading, I was like, this is a weird take, man. Like, right. It, and, like, who thinks that? I guess, I mean, here's like, why. Well, it's because... It goes back to the... Yeah, sorry. I think it goes back to just women do the cooking. Yeah, cooking, like... Yeah, cooking is women's work. Even though most and restaurants and restaurateurs are men. Like, chefs are... I dare say traditionally men, or at least the stereotype is. Well, that's because let's just because that. you know women weren't allowed to be the head chef. Probably not. But well, once they decided that this was a lucrative career, they pushed women out, just like they did from computer programming, just like they did from you know medicine, yeah. whatever. They're like, oh wait, we can make money on this. Get the women out, put the men in there. That's I, what happens. Well, I have I have kind of a serious question. Uh huh. Is the hamburger helper mitten gay? <laughs> what? The hamburger helper mitten is actually an asexual. Yeah, I just don't think that mitten is very sexual at all. What? No, I don't know. He seems cool. Okay. They, 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 they seem cool. <laughs> yeah. Why are we gendering gendering the mitten, the glove? No, yeah, that's I, true. I went to their Twitter. It, it gives the pronouns. Does it? Yeah. Really? Is that true? Yeah, I went to the hamburger helper. Uh, Mitten mascot Twitter, and it said pronouns they them. That really happened. Okay, I, he's lying. Like now you're being a dick. Yeah, quit being an asshole, Blake. God, yeah, I'm the bad guy. No, you are. Uh, no, uh, I think. Yeah, no, it's 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 a weird stereotype, but I I, I think it's very '70s specific, probably. Probably, I can no. see Red Foreman from that. And also, all those gay cooks were probably cool as hell. Right, and all those dudes at the uh, Vietnamese bar were probably cool too. He should have given him a chance. Yeah, what an asshole. Yeah, you know what? He would have a fucking coronary if he were still alive, or even real, 
and just happened Could, upon RuPaul's yes. Drag Race on VH1, he I would hate. die. And I would be fine with that. I mean, there. it seems like there's 30% of every city that just loses their mind every time they encounter drag. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, there's a... There's there's a drag queen locally that is uh, in my town. Wait, he, right here is is serving like food at a shelter. We must boycott. This. Like, <laughs> what what if it's contagious? Like the drag? Uh, whatever. How much more the uh, if it was contagious? The people that caught it would not do their makeup that well. Okay, sure. How much so, more the book you got? A lot. Okay, so we're on chapter eight. <laughs> okay, I, I really want to talk about the Laura incident, which is Laura lies to her mother and says that she is going to the sleepover, but she goes out with Peter, right? Bad boy. Bad bad boy. But that same night, Anne, who is the artist girl who is dating a farm boy, um, his mom died, so she doesn't go to the slumber party Instead, she goes to comfort her boyfriend, and we find out that they have sex, and he gets her pregnant later on, which causes some conflict um, with the teacher. So we go back to Irene, and Irene is thinking about all her girls and their problems and how she wants to help them. And this is when I talked about the father um, who called her ugly, and this is why she relates to Laura, the the chubby one, um, because her dad... She overheard her dad telling her mom, we'd better get her all the education we can because God knows she's never going to find a husband to support her. Um, Her first love was an art professor who she had an affair with, and she later met with his wife who gave her this nugget of advice. She said, don't ever get stuck, dear. Take it from somebody who knows what it's all about. You have that first baby, and they've got you. You're a sharp girl. I can tell that. I used to be sharp, too. Can you believe it? But I let myself get buried, and I could never dig my way out again. So, anyway. <laughs> Can we take a break? Yeah, I was more just, uh, Josh? yeah, I need to refill my drink. You still there? Yeah. Okay, new drink time. Drink time. We'll come back. Anyway, I just wanted to give a little bit of a background on the um, on Irene, the sponsor slash provocateur of this group. Where do we go from here, Josh? Uh, into the third act, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Okay, so Laura wants to go public with her relationship with Peter. He does not because he's an asshole. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Is like the whole thing was on the on the DL. Yeah, for the whole time and. Like, she's walking around school smiling, like, Mm -hmm. just happy. Feeling loved. Feeling maybe beautiful. Feeling... Yeah. Yeah. And Um, he was always just trash, as mm -hmm. we already knew. Yes. From when he was like, get out of the car. Yeah, he's the worst. So, um, he... She thinks that they're going to go to homecoming together. Instead, he convinces Bambi, his ex, to get back together with him, and he escorts her to homecoming. So on homecoming, the night of the homecoming dance, which is also the night of, like, 
the the unveiling of the raffle, which I don't think we're not going to get into that, are we? Who cares? No, who okay. cares? Okay, skip it. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> she's waiting and waiting and waiting, and he never shows up, and he of course doesn't call her. Instead, he's at homecoming with Bambi, and and it's like as if she doesn't exist. And there's a knock at the door, and she rushes to it thinking it's Peter. And when she opens it, it's Niles, his younger brother. And Niles comes in to the house, and she he call, keeps calling her Pussycat, which was really gross. <laughs> um, that really dates it. He basically just invites himself in, and Laura confesses like that she's always felt uncomfortable around him. He's just kind of creepy. And he sits next to her, and she just starts crying, and he comforts her. And then he says, you know, Peter and Bambi, they're at the dance together. And he says, I know how to keep a chick from getting lonesome. Just relax, pussycat girl. And I'll show you that Brother Pete isn't the only one who knows how to keep you warm. Oh, what the fuck? And he tries... Thumbs down. Yeah, he tries to kiss her, tries to take off her dress, and when he's trying to kiss her, she bites down hard on his tongue. And <laughs> it's a good move. And then she immediately like apologizes, like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Like, she girl, freak. you were getting attacked. Like, anyway. Um, how about how that's just typical woman though apologizing for shit they don't need to apologize for. Um, and he says, You're sorry, all right. The sorriest mess I've ever seen. You thought Pete was going to take you out in public and dance with you? He'd die first, kid, and so would I. So would anybody. And he tells her that they weren't really dating, that he was just screwing her with why, his eyes closed. Why are they trying to smash this girl they all supposedly like hate? I don't know. Um Uh it they're scumbag like I never understood that. If I'm trying to smash, it's cause she is smashable. Like, I don't think she's we not. We got a hero in hands. We got a hero. <laughs> it, it, Look, careful. I, he's a hero. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that she's put an me ugly in that, girl. Put me in that meme where the, all the DC and Marvel characters are bowing to me. Yeah, we'll do in, that instead of those doctors. We'll make it for you. Blake. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. I just explain to me. I don't get it. I don't think that she's ugly or undateable at all. I think that there's a stigma against anyone finding a girl who's not a certain size attractive. Different times, right. because now right. now we and say... I, I still think it's the same. Damn, she thick. Uh, I mean, maybe. See, I'm, I'm actually very progressive when I say damn, she thick. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, very... I personally say, damn, her mind thick. Oh, oh, thank... He, there's the real hero. It's Josh. Yeah. Now put me in that. <laughs> right. They're bowing to you now. Oh, okay. Stop the podcast. I, for- I forgot to take a picture, but outside of um, a certain medical facility today. Cox. Well, one of the big ones. I'm going to bleep that. Okay. There is a big Cox banner. They made a big banner that said, like, heroes work here. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying they're not. Um, I'm just saying it was funny that it had like Thor and all the, I think it was a, bun- a bunch of comic book heroes, superheroes in like Funko Pop looking format. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Like. Drive it, down National, you'll see it. 
it says heroes work here and it had a bunch of little a cutesy Funko Pop style. They were the ones it, holding the banner that okay. said heroes work here. So there weren't pictures of doctors. There were just pictures of Avengers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I just thought okay. it was funny. Can I ask you a question? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> if, if, if I made a meme, this probably would get me killed. It's, it's the same thing. It's nurses and doctors being bowed down to by Jesus the Prophet Muhammad. Mm. Yes. Well, number one, Joe, Prophet Muhammad should not be depicted. So <laughs> and they're all bowing down to uh, the real heroes. The, the, but then the doctor is kneeling to Trump. Oh, God. This is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard. Uh, if you are listening and you work in healthcare, we love you. <sighs> Don't unsubscribe. Okay. So anyway, we've got family who works in healthcare. I do. We love them all. Asshole. So why am I the asshole? Anyway, back to uh, the the saga of Laura and Niles. He tells her that Pete was using her, and he tells her to get used to that because that's all any guy's ever going to do with her, um, and that she should take what she can get because it's all she's going to get. This is so like eighth grade. And that if she keeps acting uppity like she did with him tonight, she's going to wind up with nothing at all. So she manages to kick him out, and then her mom, who is a pill popper, she takes all of her mom's pills and tries to kill herself. So this this reminded me a lot of... um, Eighth grade. No, 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 no. Uh, We read one. It was basically the same kind of plot device, right? It was um, um it was the uh, Anne M Martin book slam book the yes, yes. yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's, it's basically the the exact same thing mm-hmm. where it was someone who felt unlovable mm-hmm. and people were just like abusing her mm-hmm. and then she in that book she killed herself in that book she was successful in killing herself in this book right. Laura attempted but was not successful however and right. in, in that book. She thought she was going to be friends with a cool girl. In this right. book, it's a it's it's about men belittling her and not women. So in the eighties, right. we progressed enough that that women can be horrible. Too. That women were just as women awful hating as women. Men. Women are doing yeah. it for themselves. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's the same. It's the same kind of plot device, but a different. Uh, swap the swap the sexes there. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So, but just as sad and just as humiliating and horrible and hard to talk about because Jesus. So, um, the girls have their next Daughters of Eve meeting and they find out that Laura won't be coming back to their high school. She is going to finish up her school year in Rhode Island with her dad. And Irene reveals that Laura overdosed on sleeping pills and Ruth who is related to these vile boys, um, confesses that she overheard them talking after the dance um, and how Laura thought Peter was taking her to the homecoming dance. And I don't know. I guess Niles was like, I tried to score. I have no idea. So Bambi feels like crap. Everyone feels awful. And they decide that they're going to get Peter back for his shittiness. Not Niles, who tried to rape a girl, but Peter. Right. The one who lied to the girl, I guess. Why um, do they pay? Is it mostly because it's because Bambi has the most social clout? 
Cloud I think, chasing. I yeah. think that, and I think also because it might just be easier to lure Peter than it would be Niles. Um, and also Peter's the one who's more popular and more attractive. And what they yeah. do is they try to humiliate him. But I think it just makes more sense to have Bambi try to lure him out. Um, so yeah, if that's all they have than Niles. Because Bambi doesn't really have a connection to Niles. So all the girls kind of make up lies about what they're doing. And they have Ruthie leave a note for Peter to find that's from Bambi telling him to meet them at their like normal makeout spot, like the town makeout spot. And they get him there and she's not there. So he gets out and he's worried that maybe she hurt herself somehow while she was waiting for him. And he walks around and that's when he hears like a chorus of voices crying his name and feels a strap around his throat and he's forced to the ground and he feels something cutting and shaving into his head. So the worst thing that these girls do is they restrain him and shave his head. <laughs> See, so I had to read this a few times because I'm like, this is it? Yeah, I know. I thought they were going to murder him. <laughs> I thought they were going to kill that, him too. That like would the, have been a much The more cover of this book, these girls look so nefarious, right? The one you have, I think it's, it's more updated. It's just one. Yeah. I don't know. She kind of looks like. Maybe Katie Holmes is just in my head because of teaching Mrs. Tingle. Uh-huh. But it, it, it like a dark-haired woman, mm-hmm. and she's like staring kind of menacingly and has her hands in like weird poses. Yes. And I, I to me, she looks like Feruza Balk or something from The Craft. Like she's kind of witchy, yeah. kind of angsty. Is there a Craft remake coming out this year? I don't. Well, it's probably been postponed. But, I mean, yeah. But yeah. Is, I, there might be. Oh, no. Uh, I'm only watching if Feruza's in it. She's, she's not in it. I'm not interested. Look, she's the only <laughs> witch I care about. I mean, that's how I feel about remakes of The Waterboy. <laughs> exactly. I agree. Only this time she plays the mom. Mm. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. So that's that's what they do. They, they basically emasculate him by shaving his hair. Is I don't know. That's not I, even the same. Stupid. It's 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 really tame, and he is a big fucking baby about it. He comes home, he slinks to his room, and he won't come out, won't let anyone see him, and refuses to go to school until his hair grows. Back. Oh my god, he that is baby. He's, as as a bald he's man, literally as he's, a bald man, ugh, he's just a bitch. I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's a little bitch. Yeah. So anyway, they have another meeting. And there's more grievances. Um, one of the girls is late because she is waiting for the principal. It's about the raffle money and where the, the money is allocated. The raffle money. The things we care about least in this book. I know. But that's why she's late. And there, I guess there is an event later that ties into it. Because what they want is this raffle money that they've, they've, they've collected. They wanted it to go to starting a girls soccer team. Instead, and what does the principal want? I I think the boys basketball team wants warm up suits or something. I don't think we talked about this, but there's one section in the book where it is um, Irene. My is that right? Mm-hmm. Tell me names. It's like basically talking about like Title Nine. Yes, and like she, she's just like explaining every like it's so didactic. Mm-hmm. It's also all right. <laughs> Everything she's saying is correct. Yes, but she's like. They give all the monies 
money to these programs, not to your programs. That's why this and this and this. Yeah. And yeah, so like, let's redirect it. Yes. And the principal's like, actually, the boys need it. Yeah. And he keeps avoiding them because they keep trying to meet with him like, hey, when can we have the money and start the soccer team? When can this start? Yeah, he won't ever like meet with them when they need to meet with him. He just avoids it. Um, and then Fran is not there. She went straight home from school because there was an incident with her alcoholic rat project. Turns out she won't be taken to see it. (laughs) (laughs) She will not be taken to the state. Uh, Mr. Carncross went with Gordon Pellet's project, who is a described as like a basically nincompoop boy, like basically the boy who's not talented. Is this like when Ralph Wiggum won the diorama contest for having Star Wars toys in the package? Uh, yeah, probably. I can't remember what his project was. The, the boy who is not talented is the name of my memoir. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, the girls are uh, – the rest of the team, the rest of the group is in there talking and – they decide that they want to go look at the projects and compare them because there's no way, there's no way that Fran should have lost to Gordon. Like, she should have been awarded the chance to go to the state science fair to win a scholarship or whatever. So they go in the classroom, and Tammy, who is a member of the club and whose dad is the science teacher, keeps telling them, no, my dad would have a reason. There's no way that he would unjustly choose like a a lesser project over you know one that's good one that's deserving it doesn't matter what the gender is and irene's like no it's another untalented man usurping the role of the much more talented woman um so they go in there and they destroy the office the the classroom right tammy doesn't go she goes home (laughs) and they threaten her like you're not going to tell on us we're sisters (laughs) This stays here. And um, she goes home. She does not participate, but the rest of the group trashes the science class. And it's described as being the work of a maniac. Like, I guess because they trash, like, the pictures he has on the desk of his family. Like, there's no way that, you know, it has to be someone who is just deranged who would trash this classroom. (laughs) So after that... I'm just going to skip ahead some of the stuff. Although there is a time when Anne meets with Irene and um, that's when she learns that Anne, who is the art girl, the girl who's into arts is pregnant from her farm boy boyfriend. And Irene says something. She says, uh, pregnancy and motherhood are the ultimate weapons men use to keep women helpless and in their place because this is when Anne says that she's not going to go to art school in Boston. She's going to marry Dave and stay with him. So. Damn. You know what? Irene's not wrong. It's true. Yeah. It is true. Everything she says is right. <laughs> Honestly, throughout this pregnancy. Is, no, that's is the thing. Prison. It's like, uh, I don't think she says a single wrong thing Mm-mm. other than she should have ordered them to kill yeah. that boy. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. Th- th- he should be dead. Uh, she even tries to encourage... Not encouraged, but puts the idea in her mind that she should have an abortion, that there's nothing wrong with it, which is true. And she needs to think about her future. Does she really want to be a farm wife? She's only like 17. Is that really her her life? 
Is that what she right. wants? Or is that what he wants? Because he's a little bit older. Um, anyway, so um, they find out that the principal has decided to give the money raised from the raffle to the basketball team to buy worn-up suits, despite what the daughters of Eve have stipulated, which is that the you money... Gotta get those, you gotta get those heroes to <laughs> yeah. rip off when you're, <laughs> when you're running onto the court. So the girls send the principal a letter demanding that the money be refunded. Um, and then when Jane gets home, Jane is the daughter, um, the young woman whose father is abusive towards her mother. Um, she comes home. Her neighbor is waiting for her and tells her that there's been an accident. Her mother is in the hospital. And the alleged incident is that the mother slipped on grease while cooking and broke her hip. So um, Jane calls Irene and asks to stay with her and decides to – anyway, she goes and visits her mother and she knows. Like she just knows that her dad beat the shit out of her mom and that's why her mom is hospitalized. So eventually um, she goes back home because – her dad demands it. She can't stay with her teacher. And the girls and daughters of Eve get a letter back from the principal. And he says he will not refund the money. And he is going to use it for the warm-up suits, like he's already said. And the girls get together, except for Fran. She's decided everything's gone too far. We shaved a boy's head. A man is dead. Wait, no, he's not. You guys trashed a classroom. I'm not going <laughs> to participate in this. And the girls go and they trash the principal's office. Hell yes. So Jane goes back home and she's probably on like a weird um, high, <laughs> adrenaline high after trashing the principal's office. And she confronts her father whose mother, her mother's still at the hospital. And her mom, of course, lied and covered for her father. And she tells her dad he's a son of a bitch. And she tells him that she and the Daughters of Eve just came back from trashing the principal's office. And she tells him, I'm nobody's chicken. I'm a woman and women are powerful. And that's when her father hits her. And he tells her that he has three things she has to do. She has to resign from the Daughters of Eve because they're putting things in her head. She has to, uh, she won't be moving out until she graduates. And she has to shape up or behave, or she will be sharing a hospital room with her mother. And then he tells her to go cook dinner. And so she goes in the kitchen, and she gets a skillet, and she smashes her father's head and kills him with it. I say hero. Finally, yeah. something yeah. Finally, something good happens. Hero. Listen, if you... If you are an abuser, you deserve to be beaten to death with a skillet. You need a skillet upside the head. <laughs> Specifically with with a skillet. I mean, might as well be that. I mean, he did tell her to go cook dinner. So they went from cutting hair and trashing offices to murder. Well, it was one girl, I not mean, all okay. of them. True, true, I true, mean, true. I, you're saying murder, but I would use the term justifiable homicide. Exactly. That's true. I mean, he did uh, threaten her with, you know. Uh, he basically was like, I'm going to beat you like I yeah. beat your mother. I mean, he's been torturing her her whole life. He's been beating her mother. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the first incident is in the first chapter, I think, where you learn he's abusive because the daughter tells her dad, Jane, tells her dad, oh, I got an invitation to this club, which, by the way, is a national organization. 
Um, and Jane's mom was like, oh, I was a member and we, you know, we used to just have bake sales and we would, you know, we had a special song we would sing and her dad's like, sing it, sing it. And she won't do it. And they get in a big fight and Jane runs up to her room and from the room below, there came a thud and a high pitched cry. And then a moment later, a thin wavering voice began to sing like this was in the first chapter. Yeah. She establishes one, one thing is that she jumped around so much but she does establish that he's abusive and a and a piece of shit mm-hmm. well she establishes all the things that all these girls are going through actually fairly well i mean it's not she just does, she jumps around so much that i i can't remember names it, it is hard especially because i'm revisiting this book but like the girl who's considering having an abortion like her parents know she's pregnant you know and she literally wanted to get every kind of possible issue into the book yes with a different one of the 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 girls yes and that's probably why it was so yeah spread out yeah so you had like the the girl who was stuck in the like the young girl who's stuck in like the traditional woman's role where she's cooking and cleaning for the men and her father's just a misogynistic pig and then you have the other girl who's um doesn't fit into like the patriarchal standards of beauty and is later sexually attacked or assaulted. And then you have the other girl who is growing up in a family of abuse. And then, you know, girls who are in roles that aren't meant for women, like the girl who's into science or um, there's another girl. We didn't get into her role very much, but her mom and dad are going through a divorce. And so she's worried about what her mom's going to do and how they're going to survive because who's going to hire a divorcee who, you know, for a job that will actually be able to take care of them, you know? And so. you've also got Bambi. <laughs> and you got Bambi, and you got the the sports girls who are upset. And so, yeah, she tried to work everything in, and it did skip around a lot, and it's really hard to to keep it. Um, it's like an episode of Degrassi over here. It's like a season of Degrassi. Well, I'll roll into one. <laughs> but... It- I have advice mm-hmm. if you're going to torture someone, mm-hmm. don't ever ask them to cook you dinner <laughs> unless you like the taste of poison or skillet upside the head. <laughs> it just seems like a dumb you know, plan. I'm going to give you uh, uh, a skillet and you can turn on the heat as much as you want <laughs> and do what you will. I, Why don't okay. you take these sharp knives and make me some dinner? <laughs> I uh that's just how it ends, right? It ends with Jane like really? standing over her dad's body. Am I correct? Yeah, no, yeah. There's, well, a little, there's a little epilogue. Uh, there's an epilogue. There's a little where are they now, which is we we uh kind of made an animal house joke, but that's exactly what it is. Yes, it's so funny in this kind of book because that that kind of thing is mostly used comedically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And here it's not. No. It's not like, I can't even think of a funny joke. It's not like, you know, it's not like, um, it's not like an animal house where you find out that like a Bluto became a senator, you know, like. Did did they have one of the, one of the girls died in Vietnam type of thing? Oh, literally we kind of do find that out though with Irene. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, she does become an assistant principal. Oh, she's assistant. I thought she was the principal. No, I wrote, hold on. Irene, assistant principal at MHS, still sponsors okay. the Daughters of Eve. 
But you yeah, have the you have like the book. That's so. like a dot dot dot. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're gonna get more bodies on this list. Um, Wait, what happened to the? Do you want who- to read the uh, the epilogue of what happened to the girls, or at least the main girls that we talked about, which would be like Laura, Ruthie, Jane? Yeah. Okay. Uh, who do we want? Just just read down the list. Okay. Okay. Fran Schneider is a first semester senior at University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. She's the one that was in the STEM, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. working at her Bachelor of Science in Biochemistry. Good for her. Good for Fran. Hell yeah, Fran. Uh, Be nicer to rats. (laughs) Oh, we didn't Um, talk about why she didn't get into the the actual science fair, by the way. And it was because she used rats, but she didn't disclose it or something. Oh, I thought it was because someone had a better project called Stink or Float. No, it was not called, uh, what does this do to your stomach lining? No, it was, uh, I think it was because she didn't follow the proper procedures for testing on animals. And so she was disqualified. Can't do that. And that's yeah, why. The, yeah. the Animal Liberation Front just yeah. like stormed the, <laughs> <laughs> the science. This, this kind of is some unethical shit, like uh, giving animals some alcohol poisoning hey we're going to michigan we're gonna take down this girl look modesto high school you're going down (laughs) okay okay uh ann witten brewer is a housewife in modesto michigan Mm -hmm. she's the mother of two sons david jr 20 two and a half years old Mm -hmm. and john seven months she was one who was contemplating having an abortion and obviously didn't yeah hyphenated her name though Mm mm-hmm uh, Tammy Cancross is a junior majoring English at Hillsdale College. Kelly Johnson is... There's so many of these girls. Kelly Johnson is a junior pre-law at the University of Michigan. Good for Kelly. Holly, Holly Underwood was killed in an automobile accident in the summer following her high school graduation. Jesus. That sucks. It could also be the boys striking back. We don't know. It's <laughs> true. Uh... Paula Bromwell is the saleswoman for J.C. Penney's company in Adrian, Michigan. Definitely out of work now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Bambi Ellis, Blake, what do you think Bambi's doing? Uh, I don't want to say. She is a fashion model mm-hmm. in the Eileen Stanton Agency in New York City. Okay, that's better than what I was thinking. <laughs> no, she was always going to the top. Uh, Ruth Grange Brumwell is a housewife and a secretary for an insurance agency in Modesta, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Ruth Laura is the one whose dad was, uh, who took care of her dad and brothers. Yeah. Yes. Uh, let's see. Laura Snowkeller is a housewife in Cumberland, Rhode Island. She's the mother of a daughter, four months. And Laura was the one who was sexually assaulted and was told she would never be loved because she's fat. At least she got out of Michigan. Yeah, good for her. Wait, she's in Rhode Island, right? She's in Rhode Island, okay. yeah. Uh, Jane Reardon is a patient <laughs> at the state mental hospital. Oh, come on. Jane's the one who killed her dad. <laughs> so she avoids a prison, but... she Blake, what is she now? What? She's the Joker, baby. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Uh, Irene Stark is assistant principal at Modesta High School. For the fourth consecutive year, she sponsors a Modesta, Modesta chapter of the National Sorority 
called Daughters of Eve. Mm-hmm. That's the very ending of the book. That's a dot, dot, dot. You know these daughters are doing more bad. But no one believes them because they're girls. Like, no one thinks, oh, it's this girl group. There's no way that a bunch of women would trash, like, a principal's office in such a barbaric manner. So they're getting yeah. away with it. And I say, ladies, keep doing it. They probably think that it was the boys' basketball team because they didn't get their tear-off uh, uh, <laughs> warm-up suits <laughs> warm-ups quickly enough. We know they're chipped, but are they out for your livery? <laughs> Yike. Okay. That's our book. I give it. Yeah, well, two stars. I know it's kind of really long. Uh, yep. Well, and a lot of it was not us talking about the book, let's be honest. I mean, we dropped out a lot of time, so I don't know the how long we've gone. But uh, what is this book saying? I could not figure that out, Josh. I couldn't figure out if this was feminist or anti-feminist. I couldn't figure out the message that it was trying to convey to its readers. I thought it was well well written. I mean, it was entertaining enough. And it was, I don't want to say entertaining. It was... Um, it's, it's better than... Most uh, of the books we've read, like it's it's better written. <laughs> it's 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 more into. No, no, do not drag Taffy Sinclair through the uh, mud. Okay, like. wait, Taffy's in our top five, buddy. I, yes, of course. I would no, never. It, it, it's it's pretty. Like I liked it, but I don't think there's. It's it's in the same vein of a lot of horror movies where if you you enjoy them, but if you reflect on what the actual, if there has to be a message to art. What is it? I don't know. I, I really don't know what she's trying to to say in this. And she's book. trying to say something, maybe. I think. Okay, so I was trying to do research on this book, um, and I found like a NPR blog post by a, a writer who I'd never heard of, but she said that she loved this book, and I and I and uh, had some of the same problems that some of the girls did in the book, and. And also, you know, couldn't relate to, like, what the society, like, what the standards were for for young girls. And this was, she was reading this in the 90s. And so she related a lot to the book. But what she thought the message was, was more of an anger doesn't work type. Like, your anger, it's good to be aware of all this, of all these things. To be angry, but not to act out in anger because it won't get you anywhere. And it didn't get these girls anywhere when they acted where, out where would in we anger. See that, where would we see that it's not getting them anywhere, though? I, I mean, I don't know. The one know. girl ends up in the uh, mental hospital. No, she does, but she does a murder. <laughs> that's, she, that's the angriest you can get. But her anger to me is justifiable. I think Irene is the angriest one. And she's now an assistant principal. She's going to murder Mr. Belding next year. <laughs> and she's going to take his job. And I am fine with it. She's more calculating in a yeah. smart way. I don't know what the message of this book is. Because I don't know if I really agree with this this other writer who wrote that. I, I don't think. I think it's. um. A confusing book. This was like before. This was like pre Susan Faludi's backlash. You know, like I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to address this book. Yeah, like it. It's 
Yeah, I don't know. I the shrugging hands emoji, me being like, I I don't know what this is trying. I I don't think it's trying to be an anti-feminist book. But I also don't think it's pro-feminist, so I don't know <laughs> what it is. Like, uh, yeah. I I also think she might just be having fun. Maybe. Maybe she's just having some fun. It's just pulp. I mean, again, we we may be thinking too much about the author of I Know What You Did Last Summer and Hotel for Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> what was Hotel for Dogs trying to say, though? That maybe dogs need a hotel, too. Maybe. Maybe we all need a hotel, in a way. I mean, there is a scene in Hotel for Dogs where they eat the 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 the, the bellhop face off. <laughs> I hope that's, that's like, true. <laughs> no. It's like a G-rated movie. movie. I want. I just want to look up the trailer for this movie now. Don right. Cheadle's in it. Don Cheadle's in it. What the Don hell? Cheadle? Yeah. That's Ho- wait. That's no, you're you're thinking of Hotel Rwanda. You're getting them confused. There's a 50-50 chance that that's literally true. <laughs> Blake, um, I'm going to give you permission to insert the trailer right here. Andy and Bruce needed a home for their dog. We have wolves, and you know them. No dogs allowed. We need cinnamon. I think we need to find Friday a new home. Now, they found the perfect place. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Oh, yeah, why don't we just wander the streets and rescue every stray we see? They've got the team. Screw this! We need to make this work. This is the newest member of our family. We could take one more. One more? We can fit, like, ten more. They've got the mission. We got a stray on St. Andrews and Sixth. Come on, guys, you're being rescued. Here, doggy. What's the matter? Ever seen a husky kid in a hoodie before? There's a lot more to taking care of them than feeding them. They've got the plan. Have you made this? Yeah, to take care of them, even when we're not here. And every stray will have its day. Thank you for riding the simulator. Please exit to the next customer. From DreamWorks Pictures. I'd like to welcome you to the Hotel for Dogs. To us, to a real family. And Nickelodeon movies. When the secret gets out. I'd like to call in and complain about a howling dog. We're going to be in more trouble than we've ever been in. But we're going to save the dogs. The chase is on. Come on, let's go. Go in, everybody. Do you really think you could outsmart us? Rather not answer that question. Hey! Hotel for Dogs. That has to be the grossest thing I've ever seen. That's awesome. They say you led the massacres. You will tell them the truth. I will tell them nothing unless you help me. All right, and I probably didn't do that, and we're back. And we're back. Um, Josh, what would you rate this book? Or what did you rate it? I uh I rated it. Sorry, I'm looking at the whole tablet. Don Cheadle is in it. I am not weird. <laughs> I'm not crazy. How how close to Hotel Rwanda were these released? Uh, seven years apart. Okay. Um, Emma Roberts, Lisa Kudrow, Cheadle, Kevin Dillon, Matt Dillon's brother from Entourage. This is a <laughs> that's an insane cast. How they yeah. got these people? Well, how they got Cheadle and Kudrow. I don't know, but yeah, she feels so good too. Okay, um, I gave it three hooves. 
I think I gave it four on Goodreads, but the mixed messaging has me really torn. I think you gave it, maybe you gave it four, I don't remember. And I think all I said was justice for, I can't remember what I said. Who was the one who killed her dad? Justice uh, I was going to say, I thought you were going to say uh, justice for Lorena Bobby. Justice for Jane and justice for Lorena. Uh, uh, which we will both recommend the documentary. Lorena uh, was right and everything. She was. And you know who sucks? Journalists. Going to say it now. I mean, every clip. The media. Every clip from that show, from the Howard Stern show, mm-hmm. was just, I don't know. I think Howard Stern. <laughs> Hot takes coming from me. Uh oh, here we go. Piping no, up. I just think that Howard Stern now people. I don't skip it. People, I don't know. I think people forget re- how absolutely horrible right. he was. No, he, he was, was a fucking. Ha- he is kind mis- of like chauvinist like re- pig, revered now, and he was just god awful. Horrible. Like he goes on Fresh Air and Terry Gross and him like have fun together, and it's fine. But it it wasn't. It wasn't just that Let's, he was. Let's just say, 30 years ago, he was having naked women on his show on E! Because it was recorded on E! Remember? Like, they would... Oh, no. We we were, like, 12-year-old boys at the time. We know. (laughs) Yeah. So, he would have, like, uh, porn stars on and would ask them to do, like, humiliating things. Like, it was just the... They had to ride the Sibian. Yes. (sighs) The worst. Uh, (laughs) You can't do that on the radio. uh, But, uh... It's it's less about him being like, can I see your boot? Like yeah. to like people who are like fine with that. Then I listened to his interview with Fiona Apple from two thousand, uh, even maybe it's the nineties. After that album's released last a uh, couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. because someone had posted about it, and just the amount of. Just how normalized being that amount of sexist was to anyone. And also, so like, she was a child. She was 19. Yeah. Good God. And he was just like, I bet you're wild in the sack. Oh, I God, no. Like, yeah. no. No. It, it's gross than what I'm saying. Yeah. The entire interview is horrifying. It's just so disgusting. And, yeah, I, I don't know. Time's up people, on him. I'm going to say it. People like Joe Rogan, that's fine. But he is nothing close to what Howard Stern is. Wait, okay, wait, rephrase that. He's not as bad as Howard Stern, you're saying? That's yeah. what that's what I'm, like, I, I, I mostly just have my own still anger that people like got mad at Bernie Sanders for going on Joe Rogan's podcast and trying to make the case to idiots to vote for him. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah, well. And, Listen. Sorry. Listen, look, we need dummies too. We do. We need, we need every. We need everybody. Listen, most of this country are more like most of this country is populated by morons. We need them to vote you for do, Bernie. There is no path <laughs> like, to the presidency without the moron <laughs> yes, vote. You need some dum dums. We need the dum dums who will go out and vote in mass because there's not enough smart, reasonable people who can make up the deficit. So no, but, I'm not going to judge Bernie for going on the most popular podcast other than like Conan O'Brien's fucking podcast and <laughs> pimping I mean, himself. Rogan, like, no. Rogan mostly just as a guy who has rocks for brains. Yeah, yeah. he is just dumb. Where, where... Which I'm going to argue most libertarians do. So, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, we, is, he, is that even what he is? Do we even Rogan? know Rogan? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's basically libertarian. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but he... He's not like Stern. Stern is, I don't know, disgusting. Stern I mean, I is listened. disgusting, and I refuse to listen to him or revere him. But I will I mean, say, I will say, 
as a teen, I was briefly duped into thinking he was okay. Because I remember I read Private Parts and I read Miss America, the follow-up. But in my defense, I bought those on the bargain rack at Barnes and Nobles. <laughs> they were like five dollars. <laughs> yeah. Like the yeah, remainders. I, I, I will say I watched the Private Parts movie and I liked it. I haven't seen it in uh, Paul Giamatti was in it. And it was directed by uh, Betty Thomas. Yeah. So it was a fine it was a fine movie. movie. It made you think of him as a lovable chauvinist who was just trying to make his way in the world and rise to the top of the, the media empire. Right. But uh, no, the, he's a he fucking monster. Now, I don't know. And I like, realized I, that when I, I actually only hear him when it's on NPR. Yeah. But, but I, I realized he was a monster when I actually like tuned into like one of the E like episodes of his i was like wait this is what his radio show is like like all the time this is fucking nasty um yeah, yeah. i mean it's the kind of thing now where no he could probably still do it never mind <laughs> what no just I mean, his entire thing like making fun of like mentally challenged people mm-hmm. and just being sexist all day i would be like no you'd be canceled but i'm like no this society would be fine with you no they'd be fine with it oh yeah anything anything goes i want to send the daughter i want to send the address of howard stern to the daughters of eve (laughs) (laughs) the the 2020 chapter and (laughs) do what you will yeah i am fine with jane smashing a skillet over his head (laughs) um i have not heard i've not heard the fiona apple interview with him and i i think um, Jessica, can I say this? Don't listen to it. Okay. Yeah. How did she react? Was she just like? I mean, she was a new artist, mm-hmm. and she had to play along right. and like laugh off his jokes and Jesus. be cool. With the cool guy. Like, it's a terrible interview. Yeah, I mean, it can't be good. But she, I feel like she had to do a lot of. Obviously, a lot of women have to do a lot of things they don't want to do and play along. Even modern pop stars like fucking Taylor Swift. Like when you watch Miss Americana, you're like, Jesus Christ, her dad wouldn't let her make a post as an adult yeah, woman. this was recently. This was recent. That was endorsing a Democratic, you know, senator, can- uh, a Democratic senator candidate in Tennessee or whatever. Like, her dad wouldn't let her voice her own opinion, which was, hey, you know, people who are anti-gay and anti-women are horrible. Um, well, his argument was uh, Bing Crosby wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, li- he's Bob literally Pope wouldn't living. do that, I, Taylor. I think I said this on, on, on Twitter, but I've never related to Taylor more than when she chucked, uh, chugged a glass of wine and sent out a political post <laughs> that was going to make people mad at her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just horrible that um, uh, the way uh, prominent women, no matter what their um, career is in, are treated and still are treated, and they're treated like yeah, children. they're either treated they're either heavily sexualized or they're treated like children or both. So it's yeah, and I also don't think I realized when I was young and reading articles written like I love Fiona Apple. Um, <laughs> crazy, right? It's um, all she plays. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I can vouch it is but all she plays. But I, I did not realize when I was young and reading these articles that were mainly written by male music journalists about her, like how horrible they were towards her. Because no, I was, yeah, you know, yeah. I was like 16 reading these and I just wanted to read anything I could about her because I thought she was cool. And... 
I even talk about that issue of spin, the girl issue that she was on the cover of. <laughs> like I still refer to it um, where that article was just about her was just horrible. And if you find it and read it, it's just a guy who is slut shaming uh, or um, belittling or um, acting like a woman's opinions are um, not justified. You know, a, a woman, a young girl who was raped and who was also a teenager, like, um, and how everyone reacted to her, like her MTV VMA award speech right. when she right. was a child. Like, it's just insane the way people treated her. I, I will say my impression of her as someone who didn't listen to or didn't really pay attention mm-hmm. to her at all because I didn't listen to anything that wasn't punk, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> or third wave ska. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which was. Oh, she's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's just, without paying attention to anything, that was the impression I got from, like, kind of MTV and spin, like, all that kind of stuff, like, yeah. from the media. It's like, there's something wrong with her. Yeah. And, I mean, and they've treated other women singer-songwriters like that. Like, uh, Tori Amos is crazy, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was crazy, too. Yeah. So, um, and these were both women who spoke publicly and wrote about, their rapes you know they were both sexually assaulted when they were young and they both have songs that they wrote about that but they're still treated like they're insane so whoever like jan warner sends out there to like uh interview them is like take them down a couple pegs for whatever reason yeah rolling stone needs to daughter we need you two back on the cover uh get britney spears to pose naked with a teletubby so (laughs) Did that happen? Well, she didn't pose naked, but you didn't she ha- you didn't have that she Rolling Stone cover. She was scantily clad. I remember she had the the phone. Yeah, I remember the snake one. No, there was there was a cover of her. Her you, very first Rolling Stone cover was her posing. I think she was like maybe what seventeen, and yeah. she was posing in Just underwear a and a bra, you know. laying on like a silk. This was kind of like the American Beauty era, right? So she's laying like on silk sheets. The normalist era. Yeah, <laughs> the last era. For every every one right. of these like guys who wanted to be in the Epstein plane, yeah, who worked at the magazine to be normal, yeah, and she's laying like an in like a, a silk sheets and cradling like the 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 Teletubby that was gay and uh, a phone, winky, yeah, and but I was fifteen, so it was normal for me to have that on my ceiling, yeah, and it was normal for me to get that in the mail. Because I had a subscription to Rolling Stone. And I was like, oh, it's just another naked pop starlet <laughs> on the cover of Rolling Stone. Not thinking, oh, this is like a, 16, a 17-year-old girl. Well, yeah, it's weird because she was older than me at that time. I was just like, whoa, peak hot. But yeah. looking back, it's like, this is a a child and a baby in this Catholic schoolgirl music video. Yeah. But what my mother would have said if she walked in everyone and found that was like, whew, Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was worried for a minute, but now he's just a pervert. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So normal, normal shit, guys. Uh, All right, okay, okay. Well, so now that we've gone Godfather length, mm-hmm. uh, we're almost there. We can, we can make it. We can go on a little longer. We don't need to go. There's no reason to go over two hours if we don't have to. But we've uh, taken down uh, Don Cheadle in feminism. So mm-hmm. we we. Gave Howard Stern his. Uh, we'll, we'll catch hell for <laughs> we'll that. We'll one or two. <laughs> and uh, I think Fiona Apple's a new fan of the podcast. So She just subscribed. I, so. I got a notification. Although I will say, girl, 
Dayton Louis C.K. What the fuck? Ugh, let's not <laughs> let's not get into Girl, it. Girl, let's have a talk. Anyway, I guess that's before we all knew he was awful, but still. Didn't we always kind of all know he was awful? I've heard I those didn't. rumors for a long time about him. So. I mean, here's my thing about Weinstein is I knew about that from reading the Peter Biskin book. I forget the name of it. Was it the one about like 70s cinema? No, no, no. He had another one about like the, the Miramax era. Okay. And I was like, this was all out there. Like anyone acting like, I'm shocked there's gambling going on here. Like if I knew this, it's just like a, a at the time, like a 20 something boy living in the, in Missouri. Mm-hmm. You all knew. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. No, and like the rumors have circled around about so many of these people who were uh, called out, including Louis C.K. Like I'd I'd heard that he liked to expose himself and masturbate to women a couple of years or a few years. Like blind article or like a a blind item. Yeah. Like anyway. So this is a real upper episode for everyone. It is. It's a really good upper. And I'm glad that we are bringing you comfort. In this time, <laughs> we're giving um, sorry. we're giving um, you worse things to think about. So, but but Jessica, what are we doing? But next you know time? what? Can I say something, ladies? Just you and me here. Men have uh, weaker immune systems than women, and are more likely to uh, get sick and die from COVID nineteen. So think about that. Oh, Josh, we're gonna live forever, huh? <laughs> Uh, so Blake, do you think the daughters of Eve made this in a uh, this disease in a? Uh, uh, I think it was concocted in a. I, I was going to say Chinese lab, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I didn't say that specifically because I'm not a racist. So you think boy. it was the international? Uh, it, it was concocted in a okay. lab, and I I think they put it in the five G towers. Oh, okay. I got you. Josh, do you want to chop down a 5G tower with a hand axe later? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm cool with that. All right, Guys, cool, cool. I'll just record it. Yeah, like just for the Vine. Yeah. Like, do it for the TikTok. Do it for the TikTok. I'm for not going to. Vine, Blake, how old are you? Hey, <laughs> TikTok is just Vine in fancy clothes. That's pretty pretty much true. Uh, Okay. Um. Well, to end it on a high note, I'm going to say, hey, if uh, this book was interesting, so read it for the kind of interesting um, relic. I don't want to say relic because I feel like a lot of things are still very topical, yeah. obviously. Yeah, but it's an interesting, like, cultural. It like- is. Yeah. It's interesting. So read it. If you ever come across it for, you know, a dollar at a book sale, just get it and read it. Um, it's well written. Lois Duncan's a good writer. So go for it. Take care of yourselves. Um, also, listen to the new Fiona Apple. It's really fucking good. Josh, any recommendations listen before to, we start wrapping this up? Can I give one? Yeah. Listen to Haley Williams. That's all. Like, had to put a pop queen out there. Normally. I like. I also like Fiona Apple, but I'll, I'll put another uh, great female solo artist out. Uh, uh, Josh, jo- do you Josh, have any who's recommendations? Your, who's your favorite female solo act right now? I'm it's Phoebe s- Richards, of course. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, right. Um, her new album, Punishers, coming out in June. It's going to be so good. The two okay. singles are great. Yep. One is about killing a skinhead and uh-huh. burying him in your garden. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Rules. Yeah. That's, I love Fleabag also. Very good. <laughs> okay. Uh, Blake, I, don't, I don't think Blake has up. listened to one Phoebe Bridger song. I am... He is acting like he knows what you're talking about. Are you serious, Blake? You would I've, like her. 
I should listen to her because I probably would. He Whatever. would call her sad bastard music. If it's sad, I don't know. It's so sad. But it's also like her songs are so well written. If it's like Morrissey, forget no, it. No, it's not like it. Morrissey. Uh, Blake, would it make you more or less interested if I told you that she has uh, a, uh, it's just her and Connor Oberst that have a side project together? He would it, not. Uh, no. I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say less interested. Which was probably my favorite album of last year. Would it be more interesting to you if she was one of the women who called out Ryan Adams for his sexual misconduct? Was she? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, she was a, that's fine. She's young, and she's an upcoming artist. Somebody's and he... Uh, they dated, correct, well, Josh? Did they date? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we know, he, we know how he uh, did some horrible things to her, and she called him out on it. Speaking so. of... Men who need a frying pan upside the head. Uh, also, he has me blocked on Twitter. <laughs> that <laughs> is so he's funny. He's also a big baby. Yeah. Like, I honestly forget the reason why he has the, me blocked. That's so fucking funny, I, so funny to me. I do want to say that I finally, in quarantine, I've been hitting up books that I have stacked and I've just looked at and thought, man, I should read that and haven't. So I finally got Meet Me in the Bathroom out, which number one, I don't yes, know. Yes, you're going to love it, Jessica. Okay, I don't know why the it's fuck. your era. It is. And I don't know why the fuck I didn't know it was an oral history. Because I love oral histories. Um, but I started reading it and I'm like, man, I cannot wait for the Smackdown on Ryan Adams to come. Because yes. I know it's coming. <laughs> And it's Gideon Yego, the, the, the fucking MTV. Of MTV Live or whatever is so fucking funny. Ugh, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, it's it's one of those books where it's like 600 pages or whatever, but I read it in like two and a half days. I was like Harry Potter reading under the covers, flashlight out, mom can't say no. Uh, it's just so good and gossipy. Like James Murphy, big asshole. Didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I assume that. I assume, I assume, honestly, that most people are assholes. Is that LCD sound system? Yes. No There's, way. I, are you kidding? I don't know. He's I, mostly like an egomaniacal guy. Yeah, he is. And also, he ruined Arcade Fire. I'm going to fucking say it. Ruined? Yeah. How? I didn't like the Reflector album. I know a lot of people did. Oh, did he produce it? He did, right? I well, thought you liked that one. No. Uh, that's everyone's least favorite. That's everyone's least favorite. No, I think everyone's favorite. least favorite is their most recent one that no, came that's out. that's not true. That can't. That would be dumb. It, it's better than Reflector. Anyway, I liked it better when I listened to it, a, like a few more times. But oh, I still don't love it. God, I'm running out of hard drive space. This That's is not a, true. I, I can't record. Okay, anymore, okay, 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 okay. Says. So we're wrapping it up. Um, Josh, what's our book yeah. for our next time? Oh, uh, it is Friday the Thirteenth. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah! But it's called what? Hold on, I have to look it up. <laughs> I sent you some pictures. Yeah, yeah, that's what I have to look up. Okay. <laughs> I might read the book this time. We have might. to read really fast because might. we got to get it. Me read it, you read it, and Josh read it. And we want to record oh, next it, weekend. It, it so. is called Mother's Day. That's right, it okay. is. I knew there was a reason you were doing this. Is there a funny tagline? I believe it might be Jason's back and he wants his mommy. <laughs> I mean, that is technically the plot of every Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. In a nutshell. Yeah, kind of. But this time, it's Mother's Day themed. Yeah. What, uh, can you read us a little bit about it? Yeah. Do you want the whole thing? Uh, I mean, are there choice nuggets or, I mean, it's not that long, right? Well, the the top half is just kind of, okay. The Legend of Crystal Lake, Camp Crystal Lake. Once there's a boy named Jason Voorhees, 
who drowned at a summer camp when the counselors weren't watching. First, his mother got revenge. Then Jason rose. <laughs> this is also just very funny reading it. Then Jason rose from the grave. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus, when Mary did not get enough revenge. That's true. <laughs> uh, hold on. I have to get the door. What? Wait, who's do at you your have, door? Do you have a door dash coming? He ordered food. It's, it's we're listening to a live DoorDash. It's ten thirty at night. This boy is ordering pizzas. <laughs> I hope he ordered like some good like Indian food with some good naan. Like I miss naan. It's what did you get? It's just a I hope- banana peppers and uh mushroom pizza from Pizza. Hut. <laughs> oh my lordy! I guess but, right with pizza. Yeah, but I put in contactless delivery. Yeah, and DoorDash just drops it off, but he needed to make sure I went out there and got it. I guess. Yeah. They, it's I. They always. Never mind. They stand there and make sure you get it. There is always a little more contact than I'm comfortable with, but that doesn't. <laughs> well, he said I was starting to worry about you. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Um, but also, I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> yikes. So. All right. I, so. Looking, okay. Looking forward to that. So, and now everyone knows you can't kill a legend, mm-hmm. dot, 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 but a legend can kill you. <laughs> Shit. Uh, okay, Mother's Day. Billy Boone and his friends were fearless. Why else would they be camping at Camp Crystal Lake? They had heard all the gruesome stories about Jason. What were these kids doing? You, you know who got murdered there last year? Okay. They had... And they knew why Jason wore a hockey mask. Jason had a face a mother only a mother could have. <laughs> nice. Uh, but there are a few things Boone and his friends don't know about Jason. Like, what happened to his mother's decapitated head? <laughs> <laughs> real fans know. Real fans know. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did his hockey mask get into the hands of a local hunter? And why is the hunter trying to kill every, <laughs> every teenager at the camp? This is nuts. If this because it's Mother's Day and Jason doesn't want flowers or candy, she wants corpses. <laughs> <laughs> that was my favorite. Love it. She doesn't want flowers or candy. She wants corpses. I'm going to send my mom a nice corpse, I think, for Mother's Day. So, um, yeah. Well, that's our next book, guys. Um, sorry this ran long. Sorry we were a little bit behind. But, you know, it's a weird time. We're making um, up for it by recording for nine hours. It's true. <laughs> More content. That's what they want. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram. We're at Are You There Pod. You can uh, email us, I guess, if you have anything you want to contribute. We are at Are You There Podcast at gmail.com. I honestly don't remember if that's the right address, but I think it is. Who can say? Who knows anymore? Um, and don't forget, you can rate and review us. We're on, you know, um, Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher. And I know because I downloaded us on Stitcher. Probably so. on Spotify, too. It's been a while since I checked. but We are on Spotify. That's nice. right. Spotify, Google, heard of it? Yeah. Look us up. Give us some Just ratings. Sub- subscribe. And you know what? If you write us out some ratings, I'm going to make Josh read another V.C. Andrews book this summer. So... Give us a rating. I'll read it on the air. Yeah. Blake will read it in his beautiful voice. No matter what you say. Listen very closely. No matter what you write, I'll read it on the <laughs> oh, air. Oh, God. Um, so that's it. All right. All right, bye. See you next time. <laughs> I can't remember my sign off. <laughs> that's, you need to do it again better. Okay.
Is it see you next time, horse? You girl? say see you later, horse girl. Oh, later. okay, okay. Go. Guys, God, it's been too long. Until next time, see you later, horse girl. Yeah.